Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Not everybody is showing up to work these days. According to the most recent jobs reports in November, the number of people quitting jobs hit an all-time high in what is being called the Great Resignation. When reached for comment on the Great Resignation, one economist said, Ask somebody else, I quit. Hilarious. So the jobs numbers came out on Friday, half as many as they were expecting. Uh, unemployment dropped, but as uh, Charles Payne pointed out on one of the shows over the weekend, the economist Charles Payne, that's because a giant number of people just stopped looking for a job. Now, why they stopped looking for a job, uh, we can get into in a second. 60 Minutes talked about that last night. But a whole bunch of people leaving the workforce and then just deciding, I'm not going to work, is not indicated by the low unemployment number. Well, right. The labor force participation rate remained at roughly 62%, 61.9%, which is down 5% from its historic highs. 5% of us who used to work decided I'm not working anymore for some reason. So 60 Minutes, which I have loved for many, many years and defended against people who talk about it being uh, left-wing liberal crap, and, and increasingly dumbed down, in my opinion. And they've always had a, a liberal bias, obviously, as everything in the mainstream media. Had th- maybe the dumbest story they've ever had on in the history of their show last night. Their lead story was about the Great Resignation and all the people that are quitting their jobs and what the heck is going on with that. Let's start with the second clip here, because I want to build up to my favorite. This is a woman, <laughs> Karen Kimbrough, who's the chief economist at LinkedIn, And they used LinkedIn, who obviously has a horse in this race, as the go-to person uh, with all the facts on the story of the Great Resignation. Um, this This is her clip 71, please, Michael. At the nationwide level, the number of Americans quitting their job is higher than ever. Higher than ever. Higher than ever. We can see what sectors people are quitting, retail sectors and hospitality sectors. It may not just be worth it. For some folks. And so in some cases, people are quitting and they're not yet returning. They're taking a break. Americans are burnt out. When the hell has that been an option in the history of mankind? Was that an option for your dad or your dad's dad or mom? Going back generations, you know, I'm burnt out. What? You I know, don't feel I, like working, so I'm not gonna for a while. This isn't satisfying anymore. So I just think I won't work for a while. You're not going to work for a while. So how are you paying your house payment or your car payment or your food or whatever else? And then this other clip is my favorite. This is this is just unbelievable. And it's got no pushback on 60 Minutes. This just makes perfectly good sense to them. People have been living to work for a very long time. And I think the pandemic brought that moment of reflection for everyone. Hmm. What do I want to do? What makes my heart sing? And people are thinking, if not now, then when? Yeah, that's 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 how my dad chose his job and his dad and his dad before him. What makes my heart sing? Wow. People have been living to work for a long time. Yeah. Since the beginning of freaking time, people have been working to to, to just to live, to survive. Yeah, that was that. God, it was so sloppy and so 
dumb, as you said. Now, there is some truth to the whole everything came to a stop and people reappraised what they were doing. But the idea that you can, if you want, just no longer make any effort whatsoever to feed yourself because you've realized your heart isn't singing. I mean, that's that's like a reinvention of not only, like, humankind, but every animal. It's like some squirrel not saving nuts for the winter. You know, I've realized my heart isn't singing, says Sammy Squirrel. I'm not going to collect any nuts. I don't have time. I need to contemplate. And then somehow, in the cold of winter, he just has plenty of nuts to eat anyway. Right, right. The, Why? The, the, the employment fairy dust. The lion on the Serengeti decides chasing antelope does not make my heart sing. I feel yeah. like I've been chasing antelope. Oh, there's his heart not singing. <laughs> the, uh, chasing antelope doesn't make my heart sing, and I just, you know, I want to pursue other options. And I, I know I'm not going to starve if I stop chasing antelope because somehow, magically, antelope are going to be... Food is going to be provided to me. I mean, unless you believe 60 Minutes went with the premise that all the rules of economics, the relationship between employers and employees have changed. Every bit of the rules, everything that we've known for for a thousand years has changed in the last two years. And now we're into a different world where the employee is in charge and the employer just has to bend over backwards to make sure you're happy. Well, and not only the laws of employment, but the laws of economics, the idea that the beast must feed itself. I mean, because I liked your lion metaphor, but it's even dumber than that, because it is the next spring after the winter. Of course, they don't really winter's not much of a thing in Africa, is it? Well, after the the eating antelope season, the antelope, the, the lions have made no effort to hunt antelopes. They haven't eaten any antelopes, and yet they're in perfect health. And 60 Minutes did not even bother to ask, whoa, how can that be? Right. Um, uh, I've got a little follow-up on this. I'm kind of interested in hearing from the text line, because as I was running through this lecture in my mind last night, mouth open watching 60 Minutes, just like aghast at the way they were approaching this, I thought, am I being too hard-hearted here? Am I missing something? Or is this crazy? Text line, you tell us. Uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. People have been living to work for a very long time. And I think the pandemic brought that moment of reflection for everyone. Hmm. What do I want to do? What makes my heart sing? And people are thinking, if not now, then when? I, I chuckle I have at that. so many issues with that sentence. <laughs> I chuckle at that. and But she said it with a straight face. And 60 Minutes took it as, well, that makes perfectly good sense. More people are quitting their jobs than ever have before because they, they want to do something that makes their heart sing. And a lot of them are quitting and not getting new jobs. When has that become an option? When when did that become an option that, you know, this job's really not doing it for me. I think I'll just quit. And not, not work, work at all. <laughs> um, you know, we got a, a number of texts with people saying things like, I've been burned out my entire 40-year work life. Yeah, my dad, too. And I think most people throughout history, if you're going to follow the modern version of what it means to be burnt out, have been burnt out. How many people get to have careers that make their heart sing? I am fortunate that I get to do something I love and look forward to doing every single day and have for years. But 
I've had plenty of jobs where I didn't, and I went anyway. And you know why? Because I didn't have any freaking choice. If I was going to make my rent and my car payment and have any food, I had to go do that job that sucked. And not only didn't make my heart sing, it deadened my heart every day I showed up. Right. You hope to have something maybe in the middle where it's reasonably nice work and you like the folks you work with and you can stand it. Show of hands, who's had heart-deadening jobs? It didn't make your heart sing. It made you wish you were dead. But you still went anyway, because you hadn't... When I was loading boxes at UPS, my heart wasn't singing. I hated going every single day. Of course. It about killed me. But I did it because it paid well and had good benefits, which is the main reason almost everybody goes to work. You know, 60 minutes sucks now. I'll say that out loud. And part of the reason is they're just, they're, they're dumbed down or it's the illogic of it. The first thing out of her mouth was, for so long, people have lived to work. No, that's not true. If you're familiar with the whole, uh, do you live to work or work to live thing? No, people have clearly been working to live. They, they, they aren't, ex- they don't find their fulfillment through their job. They're working because they have to, and it's necessary. So, first of all, that was wrong. And and when you ask the wrong question, it's almost impossible to get the right answer. Because the, the right question is, how is it people don't have to work to support right. themselves right. anymore? Right. And and how does, how does 60 Minutes not ask that question? How do they not have Mike Rowe or me or whoever on there to ask the most obvious question? Oh, when did it become an option to quit your job because it's not fulfilling? How are people surviving? Yeah, how's that work? <laughs> and they brushed aside the idea of its government benefits that the government checks allowed people to do that. Oh, some people are making the claim that the government handouts allowed people to quit their jobs, but studies have shown that's not true. In the okay. month after we cut off benefits, people didn't rush back to work, and they just left that as proof positive of their premise, which is just so illogical and dumb I can hardly even inhale the breath to dispute it. And the other overarching conclusion they kept making on 60 Minutes, and and one of the reasons we talk about this is it is still the most watched, paid attention to, most valuable news real estate in America is uh, 60 Minutes. Um, They kept jumping to the conclusion of the relationship between employers and employees is completely flipped now. And employers have to satisfy employees if they want to keep them, because employees now are in the driver's seat. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. I don't see I, for one, don't believe that the laws of economics have changed drastically in the last 18 months and are never coming back. One of the reasons I can't enjoy 60 Minutes anymore is something dawned on me several years ago. I've pointed it out to uh, folks on the show. Uh, and they have emailed or texted in and said, now I can never watch that show again because now that I'm aware of it, it makes me insane. If you're not aware of it, I will illustrate it for you, please. Michael, clip 71 was the first clip we played. I just need about the first 10 seconds of it. At the nationwide level, the number of Americans quitting their job is higher than ever. Higher than ever. Higher than ever. We can right, see. There wh- you go. It's the great 60 minutes AAA principle. Conversations consist of someone stating A. Then the interviewer repeats A back to them. And the interviewee then, for good measure, throws it in again. A. <laughs> higher than ever. Higher than ever. Higher than ever. Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> play it again. At the nationwide level, the number of Americans quitting their job is higher than ever. Higher than ever. Higher than ever. We can yeah, see Joe, what... I understand. Joe, are you... Uh, or You know, Morley, or who Who the hell is that doing the interview? Because he's the, one of the worst. Somebody Although look that, that up. Please that look that up. That old hag is terrible, too. 
that's on there. What's her face? The hag. Anyway, she is the chief economist from LinkedIn. Which when did no, no, LinkedIn? No, no, no. The hag, who's the one of the uh, reporters? Oh, okay. She's no hag. She was a, at a the nationwide guy. level. The number of Americans quitting their job is yeah, higher than ever. Higher than ever? ever. Higher than ever. Right, so I'm higher on 60 ever. Minutes. I say, I'm going to play golf on Saturday. You're going to play golf on Saturday? I'm going to play golf on Saturday. That's half the freaking show. I really like pizza. You really like pizza. I really like pizza. Over and effing over again. I'm tired of repetition. You're tired of repetition? I'm tired of repetition. At the nationwide level, the number of Americans quitting their job is higher than ever. Higher than ever. Higher than ever. We Leslie can see what... Stahl, she is the worst. You cannot say anything to her. I have ten fingers. You have ten fingers? I have ten fingers. Yes! Oh, Hack journalist says what? Hack journalist says what? Hack, Hack journalist, journalist says what? Says what? <laughs> over and over again. Come on, 60 Minutes. At least, you know, if you're going to have that lady make the bold claim that everything about the relationship between employers and employees has changed and is going to be that way forever, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people don't really have to work unless they enjoy their job. If you believe that is happening, at least have somebody on there to present the well, I've got an alternate version of what might be going on. Or just explain how that works. H- how is it they don't have to work anymore? Somebody tell me so I don't anymore. <laughs> I remember hanging around with this blue-collar friend of mine when we got on the subject of this several years back and the the number of people who have stopped looking for work, you know, because that's part of the unemployment number. Sure. And he said, who stops looking for work? <laughs> and, I, and that is stuck in my head because... He's more of a, you know, working class paycheck to paycheck guy. And yeah. If you're a regular person kind of doing paycheck to paycheck, stopping looking for work has never been an option. <laughs> what? And they never explain how that works. And it, uh, half the segments seem to be an ad for a website that connects you with a virtual uh, executive assistant, too. It was very strange. People want a job. It that was makes very their... strange. It was very strange. God dang it. Yeah. Go back into the early 20th century or all of history before that. How many people worked jobs that they enjoyed that made their hearts sing? God, have you, have, all right. Shut up, heart. Have you never read David Copperfield? Have you? Have you? Yeah, I know. I know. Bill Whitaker. Thank you, Alec. Um, you know, if and if the 5% of people. Bill dropped, Whitaker? Bill Whitaker. Okay. Not Leslie Stahl? Not Leslie Stahl? Not Leslie Stahl. God dang it, it'll make you insane. Trust me, folks. Watch <laughs> 60 Minutes this week. Uh, what was I going to say? It seemed uh, seemed uh, significant. Uh, oh, the 5% of people who've dropped out of the labor pool. If that is because, for instance... You know, lots of moms or dads out there decided, you know, my kids are going to have a better life and a better experience. And if we cut back a little bit with the cost of child care and the rest of it, you know what? All things considered, I think we'll all be happier oh, sure. if one of us stays at home, at least yeah. while the kids are little. That's fine. Or, or if people have decided, you know, the entire world these days, and certainly most of the media, thinks the only thing I am is an economic being. 
not a spiritual being, hell, hardly a human being. The only thing that matters is making money and buying stuff. And I've realized, wait a minute, that's not what life is about. You know, 5% of us have made that decision, decide to cut back and live a little more austerely and enjoy more of the other stuff that makes life worth living. Well, I think that's great. That's wonderful. But I have a feeling that ain't it. You hand no. out trillions of dollars and, and people don't work as much. I I don't think that math is hard to do. No, no. No. And 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 the idea that uh a mere 2 years ago uh everybody was just uh working jobs they hated and fine with it, but then all of a sudden they decided they wanted a job that makes their heart sing so they quit. That that defies logic. No, no that's 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 ridiculous. That's adolescent fairy talk. And how the hell does this unwind? I have no idea. At some point, people's savings are going to run out, or the government's going to stop sending checks. There's a whole bunch of checks that are going to stop going here in the next couple of months. Uh, all these restaurants that are that are working with a bare bones staff, or I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to end. I was just going to say, if you've ever seen like a, a second tier band that can't fill the fill the stadium, and they have like part of the stadium closed off, or maybe you're a fan of a crappy sports team and the upper deck is closed. Well, that's hospitals now. There's so many nurses and, and, and medical uh, you know, staffers out with the Omicron, they're having to shut down entire floors of hospitals. So we'll tell you about that and more. If you can't stay with us, grab it via podcast later today, wherever you like to get podcasts. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm at home because a babysitter canceled in the middle of the night. Found out she was exposed to someone who has COVID. And uh, same was true for several other babysitters. And so I know so many people who are dealing with this, whether you're, uh, you own a restaurant and you don't have enough employees or you don't have anybody to watch your kid or your kid's teacher is not there so they don't have the school. And Man, oh, man, oh, man. The Omicron thing is a mess, and it's going to be for a couple of weeks. The effects it's having on hospitals in a moment or two. Here's a story for you. We used to call these shower thoughts. Somebody compiled those for us? Or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reddit has a sub on that. We could just steal them from there. You use Reddit at all? I just That's became exactly a Reddit. what we did for years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just became a Reddit guy recently. Like, mm-hmm. got the app and use Reddit. Um, it is similar to Twitter that... If you use it correctly, it's freaking awesome. But if you're just bouncing around on it, it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to humanity. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, a vortex. It's a sinkhole. It's a rabbit hole. You can just get sucked into it, and it's an hour and a half later, and you don't know why or how well, that happened. Well, that, and you can have a perfectly good topic, and people just get into an argument, and at, at the end, they call each other Hitler. I mean, it's just, you know, the... the who are you people that I, get, I realize I get to spout off on the radio, so maybe I get a something satisfied that other people don't have the opportunity for. But I just can't imagine getting into these long, hateful conversations with people in comment sections of newspapers or Reddit or Twitter or wherever. Yeah, I yeah, I would like to hope I wouldn't do that. You think again, you're going to change their mind? Do you think you're changing their mind with that? Somebody makes a religious comment and you say, oh, yeah, prove to me that, you know, whatever. I mean, what what is that? Yeah, I don't know. 
Anyway, a came lot across of people, sh- their entire world is what's in front of them on the screen. You have to remember that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, came across this shower thought. If you think you're smarter than the previous generation, 50 years ago, the owner's manual of a car showed you how to adjust the valves. Today, it warns you not to drink the contents of the battery. <laughs> right. Right. That's one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> and, and absolutely 100% true. Now we have to be told not to drink the liquid in the battery. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I know it. So uh, rising number of nurses and other critical health care workers are calling in sick due to the Omicron variant of COVID-19, forcing hospitals to cut capacity for people with cancer, people with heart attacks and strokes and broken legs and desperately in need of gallbladder surgery or whatever. The hospitals are leaving beds empty because they just don't have enough staffers. And they go through a bunch of different hospital systems. Um, Mass General Brigham Hospitals in Boston kept 83 beds empty. Uh, University Hospital System in Ohio has closed uh, about 16% of its intensive care beds recently. You know, <clears throat> it's difficult because the, the vid is admittedly fast moving and has included some twists and turns and, you know, long haulers and that sort of thing. And so it's not a simple thing to deal with. But the question is, and this is the great question before us, at what point and to what extent do we alter our reaction to it? based on the new realities of it. Omicron is not Delta. The deadliness of the thing is completely different. But our response is as if it's the same. We've got to get a handle on that. Or just let people do whatever the hell they want and and see where the chips fall. The idea that people can't get cancer treatment because the nurse has a cold is obscene. It's not just unwise. It's so idiotic it deserves to be beaten with both of your fists. I want to hear this clip uh, because I don't know what he said. I missed uh, Scott Gottlieb on Face the Nation yesterday, and I almost always catch him, and he's one of the few people I actually respect what he has to say. He's the anti-Fauci to me. Can I hear 35, Michael? Right, and look, the CDC's guidance recommended that you wear a mask for five days after your isolation period, recognizing that a certain cohort of people are still going to be sharing the virus. I think what underlies the CDC recommendation there is a recognition that this is an epidemic that's not being um, instigated, spread, if you will, by people who get diagnosed, isolate for five days, and go back into public circulation on day six. While a certain percentage of them will still be infectious, they're not driving the pandemic. What's driving the pandemic right now is the fact that we're probably only diagnosing some somewhere between 1 in 5 and 1 in 10 actual infections. And there's a lot of people walking around with mild illness or asymptomatic infection who don't know it, who are spreading it. So, so yeah, what are so, you going to do about that? Right. So I'll, he thinks only 1 out of 10, even with the numbers as high as they are. I was talking earlier about how the national map now for cases, every state is deep purple in a way that I don't think it ever was at any Smoke point. During, on the water. Not deep purple, the classic rock band. No, it's just the color to show that cases of COVID are very high. But I forgot over the weekend we are. I I actually have given up. Maybe you're sticking with this. I've given up on thinking I'm. I don't want. I'm not going to learn it. It's going to be over in a couple of weeks anyway. But which tests work? How? And so there are some tests that 
if you take the test in the first day of you having it, will show negative even if you're positive. So you don't, you got to take the test on the third day or further, but you're shedding the virus mostly in the first couple days. And so you need to, and I just gave up. I'm not, I'm not paying any attention to any of this. I'm just going to wait for it to be over. Right. Right. Well, getting back to my little uh, hypothetical slash rhetorical question about if if we're only catching one in five to one ten cases anyway, and, you know, the things you said are true, uh, what should the response be at this point? You know, my response is start treating it like a cold because the costs we're paying are way too high for the high precaution. Not even close, especially when you bring the question of kids in schools in. But I guarantee you, friends, I, I am 100% certain of this. And, and I might even be able to name some names. There are public health authorities in L.A., San Francisco, Michigan, uh, New York, whatever, who are saying, how should we adjust to that? We should adjust to that by shutting down all restaurants, all businesses, have everyone stay at home, stop selling gasoline, don't let people out of their homes, shut down the grocery stores, because there's such monomaniacs, they're so obsessed with the freaking bat fever. God, we've got to shake loose of their control. I don't know exactly how. Somebody tweeted at us, you guys are cracking me up. Cracking you up? Yeah, cracking me up. <laughs> From the last minute segment on uh, 60 Minutes. Yeah. Um, i got a question I'm going to throw out to the text line in a second. Oh, uh, I wanted to mention, uh, we went to a, we're going to go to a steak restaurant. My brother's in town, so I mentioned... Coming back from the Midwest, my drive halfway across the country and back plan got uh, thwarted by uh, blizzards. So I flew out of Denver and left my vehicle there for a week. That'll give you a good price when you come out of the parking lot. But anyway, oh boy, yeah. I was going to fly back to the airport and drive it the rest of the way, but my brother volunteered. He said, I got plenty of time off. I've always wanted to drive halfway across the country. So my brother volunteered to do it. Very cool. Very nice one. Yeah. And he drove out. He got here yesterday and I flew him back. And um, But we went to a steak restaurant last night, big, giant steak restaurant that would have been packed full of hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people, really, on a Sunday night, closed completely. <sighs> we got there, and the parking lot was empty. I thought, uh-oh, and the doors were locked, nothing on the sign. And I'm assuming it was they didn't have enough help to be open? I'm Almost guessing. certainly, yeah. Wow. How does anybody survive? How do any businesses survive this? Although in that communist county you live, I don't know. Maybe they shut it down. I don't know. But uh, hey, uh, here's some good news during these crazy times. The folks at Simply Safe Home Security are giving you 20% off. It's the New Year's deal 20% off their award winning home security. And your first month is free when you sign up for your interactive monitoring service. It's not just that Simply Safe is simple, and it's not just that it's less expensive. It's better. It's a better home security system. Yeah, we really want to emphasize that because it's so simple to set up yourself. You set it up in a half hour, and the price point that it's at, you might think, well, this is you know okay for what it is. No, it's actually the best out there in some people's opinions. And um, like I said, you can set it up by yourself in 30 minutes. You go to the website. You're going to click around for just a few minutes to customize it to your house. And then you've got this great system in your home, and they're ready to send help for you, whether it's in a medical emergency or fire or police or whatever you need. Oh, and the indoor and outdoor cameras, super high def, night vision, so great. No rando is ever going to approach your house. Who knows? Maybe you'll have a viral video. Uh, take 20% off your Simply Safe system. Your first month of monitoring is free. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Arby's has got a new sandwich that's so spicy it comes with a free milkshake. It oh, must be spicy. It must be spicy. That's a good hook. That's a pretty good contrived hook. 
Um, so I spilled a cup of coffee on a rug today. It's uh, it's not like the rug attached to the floor. What do you call the rugs that you throw out on top a rug. of hard? A rug, as opposed to a carpet, an area oh, okay. rug, a throw rug. Oh, okay. So carpet is what you call the thing. Yeah, that's kind of a thing with Judy and I. We were decorating a house, and she kept calling the rugs carpets, and I kept saying, honey, it's a rug. And it got to be a sore point, so I shut my mouth. My whole which I life probably I... should have done, folks, ladies especially, right? In the first place. <laughs> my whole life I've been calling the carpet a rug. I think. But anyway. Well, I've a rug burns. I've referenced rug burns when it was clearly on a carpet. Maybe I should shut up. I anyway, will so shut up. I'm at home because every babysitter's got COVID or knows somebody with COVID. Anyway, um, I got this rug on the hardwood floor and earlier in the show if you're listening i knocked over a whole cup of coffee on it and it's light tan and i think it's ruined pretty cheap rug because i'm a cheap guy who buys cheap stuff and uh maybe it was 200 bucks but that ain't nothing it cost me 200 bucks to knock over that coffee if you think of it that way especially in terms of the amount of time it took me it took me a split second to spend 200 dollars. well let's be problem solvers here Make up a pot of coffee, pour it over the rest of the rug. Even it out. Duh! Come That's on! Right. And I like the smell of coffee, so the fact that it smells like Starbucks in here doesn't bother me. Perfect. I was just going to throw it out to the text line. Back in the old days, we'd have taken phone calls on this. They still do on the 80s station. <laughs> What's your most expensive mistake? I've had a few. Like, blink of an eye, you turned late and hit the side of your garage and it cost you $800. I've done that before. Now, I assume we're not going for, I started smoking when I was 16. Now I'm dying of lung cancer. Because that would be a very expensive mistake. No tragedies, right? What? (laughs) What, what? 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 Oh, what? Oh, I I killed a man in a gang dispute, and I've been in prison ever since. That was an expensive (laughs) mistake. Right. We don't want that. No, 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 no. Like, you know. You backed over something, you knocked something over, you lost something, maybe? Anyway, sure. text line 415-295-KFTC. This doesn't even rank, I'm sure, in the top ten if I wanted to dwell on it. Oh, but it's still no. mad. Not even close. Vehicles, mostly. Backing into something, because you don't have to do much back into something you've done $1,000 worth of damage. God dang it, that makes me uh, so stupid. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm super preoccupied now and and depressed. Thank you for bringing that up. I just keep thinking about all the stupid stuff I've done. (laughs) Just wondered what yours is. What's your stupidest mistake? Text line 415-295-KFTC. We need to talk more about what a couple of Supreme Court justices said on Friday during oral arguments. Um, Just you thought they were smarter than this, or you didn't think they were this ideological. Will you say it for me? Ideological? You were hoping that? All that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get the next hour and can listen to it, we're going to talk more about the unbelievable, kind of scary ignorance of some of the Supreme Court justices. If you 
don't get that hour live or you're listening via podcast, grab the podcast wherever podcasts are given out or at armstrongandgetty.com. But just shocking stuff. I want to get this on briefly. I'm not going to dwell on it for a long time, but I think it's really important. A couple of stories that struck me because of their similarity. First one in L.A., Taco Bell worker shot to death Saturday night by a customer who tried to purchase a drive through order with a phony $20 bill. This guy was actually working, and his son works at the same restaurant. His son worked in the drive through Guy has a fake bill. The guy says, I can't take this. And and they go back and forth. The dad says, what's going on? And, and the guy starts spraying gunshots into the restaurant. Kills dad. Kills him in cold blood. And then at the other end of the country, in another city, by the way, represented by a radical left DA in New York. Well, this happened to be in East Harlem. But um, some thief decides to rob a, a Burger King, starts waving a gun around, shoots to death a 19-year-old young woman who is a brand-new cashier at that restaurant. He got away with $100 for his deadly crime. Now, those are just poor, misunderstood people who the patriarchy and systemic racism and capitalism have forced into crime, right, George Gascon? We cannot prosecute our weight out of the desperation that we have. Right. No, they're not predators, monsters, greed heads who are willing to put other people's lives at risk or take their lives to get stuff. No, they're poor, misunderstood little, you know, angels. And the problem, of course, uh, with that philosophy that he and some others around the country have right now is most of the time, the vast majority of the time, uh, this is not their first violent act where you could have locked them up. Uh, You had them. You had them at some point. Very few people start their life a crime by killing some innocent at a fast food place. Right, right. So you had a chance to lock them up much earlier, and you didn't. Well, and it's so simple. I, I, uh, there are times when we have to point something out that is so obvious, I feel dumb even saying the words. And this is addressed to a couple of Marxists who don't give a crap, whether it's Chesa Bodine or uh, George, uh, what's his face? Um, Gascon, or who's the Gascon. guy in New York now? I don't know his name. Uh, Bragg, isn't it? Something or other Bragg. Uh, um, but they don't care. George Soros doesn't care. A lot of their supporters don't care. But, the, the, the for instance, the Bragg dude in Manhattan, the new DA in Manhattan, said, we're not going to prosecute. Or we certainly won't jail most cases of armed robbery. So you have removed the disincentive for armed robbery. And you need not be a criminologist or a hardened beat cop to understand where there is an armed robbery, there is enormous danger of loss of life and limb. Somebody willing to bring a gun and brandish it in a robbery, that's going to end in a dead person. Way, way, way more than anybody's comfortable with, right? And so if you remove the disincentive for that, you're going to have way, way more 19-year-old beautiful young women who are dead 
the grave now. Or this loving dad in L.A. He will never breathe again. He will never hug his son who he's working with again. And you have paved the way to that murder with your insane policies. You people who vote, well, they get duped into voting for him. I know it because they soft-pedal the true plans. And once they're in, they reveal their ugly, ugly Marxist faces. But good God, folks, be on the alert for these progressive DAs. End of screed. Too depressing. Moving on. What's the most mix- Transition music, Michael. Trans- That's a good we need idea. it. That's a good what idea. are you doing in there? There we go. Oh, my pulse rate's getting back to normal. Yeah, that's good transition music right there. All right, that's enough. Did you? Do we need to tell somebody about something, Michael? Did you say? Did you say in our ear? No. Okay, I'm dreaming. Um, what's the most expensive mistake you ever made? I because uh, I knocked over coffee coffee earlier on this rug. It's almost certainly ruined. It cost me two hundred bucks in the blink of an eye. Um. 16-year-old racing through town trying to beat my friend to the same destination in our car, turned down a side street, T-boned him in an unmarked intersection, thousands and thousands of dollars, both cars totaled. Got a lot of people saying their marriage, that's kind of not a very fun one to discuss. How about this one? A gallon of peach paint tipped over and went all over the floor of my brand new Chevy Tahoe. Every nook and cranny under the seats with the light interior, only one week old, Cost me my soul. This is why I can't have nice things. A <laughs> lot of automobile ones backing into this, hitting your mirror on the garage side door, whatever, thousands of dollars worth of damage, and took you that long. Oh, it's maddening. As a grown-up, yeah. it's so maddening. It's maddening as a kid. Your parents were paid for it. I remember when I was working at Three Mile Island, and oh, we're out of time. Sorry. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.